Hi guys. You're very welcome. I hope you had a great week. My name is John, and you're listening to the Tech Leader Pro Podcast. It is week 18, 2023, Friday the 5th of May. So let's get started. So this week, I signed up for the invite-only beta of Blue Sky, which is one of the apps that is in competition with Twitter. I'm seeing a lot of folks at the moment scrambling to build Twitter clones. And it got me thinking, who is actually trying to build a better Twitter? And what would a better Twitter actually look like? So I made a list. <laughs> because uh, I really want to see someone succeed in this space. Uh, I'd actually like to see Twitter turn it around. I haven't given up just yet. But from my perspective, um, what would a better Twitter look like? And what kind of mechanics would we have in place to make it a, a nicer experience for the community and end users like you and I? The first thing I'd like to say is we need to do something about mob dynamics on social media in general. By that, I mean um, the pylons that we see when somebody makes a mistake or somebody, you know, quote unquote, says the wrong thing. And suddenly we see a, a mob attacking that person and, you know, filling up their comments and so forth. And then they end up having to lock their comments and then they end up having to go private and then they end up having to leave the platform. Well, in my mind, there are things you can do from a, an algorithm perspective to prevent these, um, these attacks. And the way I like to think about it, it's a bit like a, a denial of service attack on a website where loads and loads of traffic is sent to that website to um, bring it down, essentially. Overwhelm it with noise uh, that it can't possibly try to um, facilitate. And that's exactly what's happening when a mob attacks an individual on platforms like Twitter as well. They're trying to overwhelm and silence that individual. How we, do, how we deal with that in terms of a website is we put in place um, web application firewalls that can drop traffic start to restrict traffic, start to slow things down. And I think it's possible to, to do this as well, where maybe you have an account that normally doesn't get a lot of comments and doesn't get a lot of engagement, and then all of a sudden it's getting a tremendous amount of engagement. That's something that should be detectable by an algorithm. And I think a better Twitter should be able to protect the end user in such an instance, especially, for example, if um, that person happens to be offline at the time. And this is something that's happened to a lot of people where they go viral for the wrong reasons overnight and they wake up in the morning and suddenly find they have thousands of notifications from Twitter on their phone. I think the other thing that we're missing from Twitter and Blue Sky and other systems like that is the ability for the community to self-moderate. And by that, I mean, you can like a tweet but you can't dislike a tweet, which has always been kind of weird for me. You can thumb up, but you can't thumb down. So there's no way to give negative feedback um, on a tweet other than commenting. 
but the commenting doesn't have the desired effect, the commenting will actually increase the engagement on that tweet. So the more you engage with something, even if that's something that you know you're not happy about, the more you engage with it, the more fuel you give it. And this actually has the opposite effect of moderation. This actually encourages people to be controversial and you know uh, rage bait people to engage with them, um, because it actually drives the algorithm. Actually, drives traffic to them. Instead, we should have something in place like they have on Hacker News, for example, where you can actually downvote a comment. And the more downvotes a comment receives, it actually starts to gray out in, in the user interface. So literally on the, the website, you will see these comments that are so grayed out that you can barely read them anymore. Um, and that's not the result of central moderation from Hacker News. That's the result of the community um, downvoting and self-moderating. And I think uh, such a facility on Twitter would be extremely useful to uh, bring back some uh, civil discourse. The opposite of that, of course, is uh, rewarding via positive scoring. Um, we have this somewhat with likes and retweets, but I don't think we're there yet. And one thing that, um, again, I'll go back to the Hacker News example, um, which I think they do very well, is when somebody votes up your comment or votes up your submission, that score that they gave you actually goes onto your account. And that's something separate to follow count, for example. Um, it's literally just a score. It's a, it's a number. And the more positive things you do in the community, that number goes up. Um, and that's actually an indicator to the rest of the community that if you have a high score, you're a good contributor. What Hacker News also do with that score, um, which I think is a, a brilliant move, frankly, is they start to unlock features based upon that reputation score. So you don't pay to get access to features. You work for it instead. And as you um, gain more score on your account, you start to unlock the ability to, for example, downvote other people. You don't have that in the beginning, which is also a very good way of preventing pylons, by the way. Instead, the people who are downvoting you have to earn the right to downvote you. And they earn that by contributing to the community. And they have other simple things in there as well for you know, you know, enabling you to change the color on the UI and so on based upon your score. So it's a simple mechanism, uh, but it works extremely well. So you can imagine, for example, on Twitter, rather than, you know, paying your $8 a month to unlock features, that you actually earn those features instead. And you earn those by being a, a good citizen on the platform. The whole agenda with this, of course, is to reward constructive engagement. Instead, we are rewarding negative engagement. So put simply, what I'm talking about here is a meritocracy. I don't believe Twitter or any of the clones that I've looked at so far, like Blue Sky, are meritocracies. One thing that did really impress me with Blue Sky, and I think it's something that they got right, which is definitely an improvement on Twitter, is how they handle profile verification. So on Blue Sky, it's possible to verify your account, verify who you are using your domain name. So for example, suppose you have a domain name, mycompany.com. You can then have the handle on Blue Sky, mycompany.com. 
And how you do that is you use the DNS entry uh, in the public uh, domain space um, to verify that you are the owner of that domain with Blue Sky. Once Blue Sky uh, realizes that you are the verified owner of that domain, they then enable you to change your handle on Blue Sky itself to match. So this is a very simple, effective, hands-off way for Blue Sky to verify people are who they say they are. It is basically impossible for someone to pretend to be a famous brand or a famous person or a famous um, company without having access to the DNS records, the domain name essentially is what I'm talking about, uh, for that particular thing. It's very, very difficult for them to um, pretend to be somebody else because it'd be evident just by looking at their handle on the Blue Sky account. So as we saw in recent months with Twitter, Twitter really have done a terrible job with verification. Um, it's basically pay a smaller fee and you're quote unquote verified. So anybody can be an imposter. And there's a serious problem on Twitter with, you know, famous accounts, um, having imposters pretending to be them and people following the wrong accounts by mistake and so forth. They had a decent system in the past, which required a human, I, I assume, to verify someone was who they say they are. But the way Blue Sky are doing it is simple and it just works. And they really should just do the same thing on Twitter. The other main thing I'm thinking about this week is recruitment. Um, I'm actually doing a lot of interviews at the moment, a lot of hiring uh, for both product and, and engineering roles and dealing with a lot of recruitment agencies. And I've been doing recruitment for many, many years. They got me thinking again about um, good recruiters versus bad recruiters and what is it that makes a, a good recruiter? What is it that makes a bad recruiter? Um, I wrote a blog entry about this uh, back in 2019, I think it was called on working re recruiters and I'd like to revisit this topic. So the next episode that I release um, in the, the tech leadership series released in the next few weeks will be on the topic of working with recruiters. I want to expand on that topic. I have more thoughts now in comparison to when I wrote that blog and I've been very fortunate to work with really fantastic recruiters and some not so fantastic ones. I won't mention names, of course, but um, it's so important that as a hiring manager, that you have good partners to find the candidates for you and screen them and get them excited about the, the role that they're applying for before they even meet with you for the first time. The other thing that I've been working on this week is my search engine project. Um, so for those that don't know, um, I'm building a generic web search engine uh, with a focus on text search. So searching blogs, wikis, um, papers, etc. And I'm doing this because I'm just kind of disillusioned with the search that we have today and the direction it's going in. Um, it's so much driven by ad revenue and moving towards uh, AI filtering that I wanted to do the exact opposite to that. I wanted to build a search engine that had no ads and no filtering, no AI. And it was just simple keyword matching, like in the old days of the internet. Uh, so that's my uh, not so secret project that I'm working on right now. Um, I've been building up an index offline to see that. Um, I want to 
have released a million web pages in the um, index before I publish the public beta of the service. And as of this week, I'm running at about 600,000 uh, web pages indexed, um, which is um, not bad, making decent progress. And I hope to be able to get that up to a million within the next few weeks and then launch the, the web service, the, the actual website, the domain, everything, the logo, it's all ready to go. I'm just trying to um, to get the index to a reasonable size for a better. So that is quote unquote coming soon. And uh, when I launch it, I would absolutely love your feedback. In terms of media that I'm enjoying this week, uh, I'm still reading uh, Dune Messiah by Frank Herbert. That's the sequel to Dune. Uh, I've read it before. This is my second read through. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. And I'm also reading A Case of Conscience by James Blish. Uh, just started that. It's the first book I've ever read by, by James Blish. Um, but he's a, a very reputable writer. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to reading that and the rest of the books in that series. I believe it's a four book series. Um, I have them all. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting into that. And finally, I'm really looking forward to Silo, which is going to be released on Apple TV today. It's based on the trilogy of books by Hugh Howie. Uh, the first one's called Wool. Uh, I would definitely recommend reading those books. They're absolutely amazing. If you, if you like post-apocalyptic stories, it's very mysterious, very well written. And I can't wait for the TV show. It looks amazing. It stars Rebecca Ferguson, uh, who's an amazing actress, uh, also features in the, the Dune movies. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for that. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So that's being released today. So watch out for that. Okay, so that's it for me for this week. Next week, apart from the usual weekly podcast, I may also drop that pod on working with recruiters, depending on how the script goes. Um, so there may be two podcasts in the feed next week. But let's see how that goes. I hope you had a great week, and I hope you're getting something nice for the weekend, and I'll talk to you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.